The following audio is from Cross Life Church in Tampa, Florida. We are a church that exists to help people find Christ, their place in the body, and their mission to the world. Our calling is to raise leaders and plant churches. So if you live in the Hudson area or near Wesley Chapel, you can also check us out at one of our other locations. For more information, visit us at crosslife.net. Good morning, everyone. Today we're going to be preaching on a subject that uh, the Lord's been dealing with me for a while, and I just, you know, I didn't think this chapter would ever come. We started James about a year ago, didn't we? And uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about the tongue today. But before we get started, I just want to mention Veterans Day. Um, do we have any veterans in here? If you would stand up, if you're able. Veterans. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you can sit down. Yeah, I did my time in there too, but I don't like to stand up. <laughs> uh, yeah, I already am standing. Yeah. Uh, let's just have a, a, a word of prayer for our veterans. Heavenly Father, Lord God Almighty, Lord, we just come before you with worship and with praise on our lips and thanksgiving, Lord. We do thank you for the, the men and women that put themselves in harm's way so that we might have freedom, might be able to have... Uh, our way of life, Lord, and have our freedoms and liberties, Lord. And we, I know this is not Memorial Day, but we do remember the ones that lay down their lives, the supreme sacrifice, the ones that are ongoing in battles and wars over this world, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, for um, our veterans. And we just thank you for keeping your hand upon them as a, a testimony to liberty. But not only liberty, but liberty in Christ. And we just thank you for all things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you know, uh, this is a subject that's very difficult to preach on, and I um, struggle with this because I, I don't want to, everybody to leave here with your heads hanging down. You know, if we talked about murder, everybody could come to an agreement that murder is not good, but we're going to be talking about the tongue today, and if you want to go there, it's uh, James chapter 3, verses 1 to 12 is what we'll be talking about today. Also, I have a visual aid, and for the ones in the front, don't worry. There, there's nothing that can be done here today that you will be killed or maimed or harmed. Although the tongue is like a two-edged sword, so you might, you might get cut today. All right, here we go, James. You know, the thing that the Lord was speaking to me about over the last few months is that I'm going to talk about the tongue with my tongue. So how much of my tongue, Lord, do you want involved in this? And, you know... I can say a lot of my opinions and stuff like that, but I think the Lord has been impressing on me just to read Scripture, and then at the end, I'll put together some things. So there's over 1,500 uh, mentions of the tongue, the fruit of the lips, speaking, 15 other Scriptures in the Bible. So I'm going to start with the very first one, and we'll be here for a while, but I'm going to read them all. And, um, and now... Anyways, okay, let me read the scripture. We're going to soap this out. We're going to do scripture, observation, application, and um, prayer. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. Teachers, for in many things we offend all. You know, in this life, you just, you just offend people, or you, you make mistakes, you know, things happen, right? If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths 
that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body. Behold, also ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Just ask somebody in California, they'll tell you. A, tire is, a, a tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body. He's talking to Christian Jews, and he's saying the tongue is a fire in our own body, our body, the body of Christ, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, of birds, of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed to mankind. But the tongue no man can tame. It is a, a unruly evil, full of deadly poison. There, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and wherewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. We're made after God's image. Out of the same mouth proceeding blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things should not be. Doth the fountain send forth the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, even a vine figs? So can no fountain yield both salt, water, and fresh. Now, these are some observations I have from these 12 verses. There's some things that are very small, and yet they're very powerful. James points out that bits in a horse's mouth, it's interesting, it's the mouth that guides this entire huge animal. Helms, the tiller, the rudder, that guide great ships. Another small thing is a little fire that kindles great fires. And the fourth thing is tongues that boast of great things. In these verses, we have ten things about the tongue, James describes. It's a little member. It boasts great things. It's a fire, a world of iniquity. It defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature. It's untamable. Untamable. An unruly evil, full of deadly poison, used to bless God and to curse men. Also in these uh, first 12 uh, verses of James 3, we have four comparisons that he compares the tongue. He says, a fountain cannot produce sweet and bitter water at the same time. A fig tree cannot produce olives. A vine cannot produce figs. And the ocean cannot produce sweet water or fresh water. You know, we were in our men's thing the, uh, last Wednesday, and Alton said, you know what, of these four comparisons, none of these things are bad. None of these things are evil. It's James saying, these things shouldn't be, because who can expect, you're out in the middle of the ocean, you want to drink a water, you put the cup in the ocean and pull out some fresh water? That's just not natural. Okay, let's go to the scripture. Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. Why did God said? Why did he speak? Who was listening? Why did he find it necessary to audibly speak for a witness? 
It, was a, it is setting the principles for us. With faith and speaking, you can create things. There's a creative power in the universe that God established. He brought the entire thing in by speaking. We know Jesus is the Word. God spoke the Word and it became flesh. It materialized into a human being. There's tremendous creative power in the Word. Proverbs 18. A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth. Get, get that in your mind. When we speak, we got fruit coming out. It might be good fruit, bad fruit, rotten fruit, whatever. That fruit's got seeds in it. And with the increase of the lips shall he be filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Proverbs 10. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Proverbs 15. A man hath joy by the answer of his mouth, and a word spoken in due season, how good it is. Man, you know, you see somebody and they're, they're in a funk or something and they're a little depressed. Just a little word, a tiny word of encouragement. How precious is that? A word spoken in due season. That only comes from the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, say this to somebody, you know. It says in Proverbs 17, He that has knowledge spareth his words, and a man of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed a man of understanding. So shut up and you'll be wise. Uh, Ralph's paraphrased. Uh, Proverbs 21, Whosoever keepeth his mouth and his tongue keepeth his soul from troubles. Boy, I tell you, every husband can test to that. Psalms, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Isaiah, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth concerning, concerning God. It shall not return unto me void, void. It shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the things wherein I send it. We're made in a similitude of God. We're uh, little gods as Jesus said. We have that creative power. Angels don't have creative power. We have that. We're just like God. The things that come out of our mouth, they'll not come back to us void. We'll reap what we do so. Um, Matthew 5, blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Speaking about evil things people say, Boy, Christmas needs to get here. Okay. Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery in, her, in his heart already. Uh, what are we talking about adultery here? He says, uh, And if thou right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for, the, it, for it be more profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. You know, it's not your tongue. You know, I, I worked in the government for many years, and there was a group of, uh, I don't know, seven or eight deaf people, and I never heard them once say anything bad about anybody. But, I, of course, I don't read sign language, so I don't know what they may have been saying, but it's not the tongue. It's the heart, right? I was thinking about getting some kind of graphic thing with a heart with a tongue on it, yeah, but... Then, then you, you, you Google that. You'll get some sick stuff out there. So I said, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. I have my thing. So it's, it's not really the tongue, of course. We all know that. It's the heart. What's in the heart? 
Okay, Matthew 5. Again, you have heard it, uh, that it had been said of old time that thou shalt not forswear thyself, but shalt perform unto the Lord thine oaths. It says, don't swear at all. Just let your yeas be yea and your nays be nay. Matthew 7, judge not and you won't be judged. Matthew 7, 21. Now this is a key here. Now everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many may say, to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied and all that kind of thing. He said, oh, you generation of vipers, chapter 12, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Well, if I want to get to know somebody, I just hang around with you a little bit. And, and eventually all that stuff that's in your heart, whether it be praise, edification or whatever comes out, and I'll get to know you pretty quick. John 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with, was with God, and the Word was God. That creative power, the Word became Jesus. By this shall all men uh, know that ye are my disciples, if you love one another. I'll be getting back to that. Luke 6, for every tree is known of its own fruit. For of thorns do uh, men do not gather figs, nor of a bramble bush gather the the grapes. A good man of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For out of the abundance of the heart mouth speaks, Luke says there. Then we get into Acts and uh, chapter 2. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We can see here the development of this tongue thing that here in the beginning of the church, God's saying, I'm going to take control of your tongue if you allow me. 1 Corinthians 3. Now, if any man be built upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and a fire shall try every man's work of what sort it shall be. When I get to heaven... And all those words, those idle words that I've said over my lifetime, if they're burned up, I don't want to be a mute when I get to heaven. Because what's left? It's only the thing is of edification and praise and giving God glory. All those other words, are, you're not going to take those things you say in private to heaven with you. They're going to be burned up. This one, this one makes me shake. 1 Corinthians 10. Neither murmur ye... As some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. He's referring to the Jews in the wilderness when they were in the wilderness for 40 years and they murmured against God and they complained and complained and complained and he wiped them all out. This is my favorite thing to do. I'm a complainer. But I'm a situational complainer. This is, this is my fault. I'm bearing it before you. I don't complain about people. I know people. People will let you down. I don't really expect much out of people, so they never hurt me. It's situations, oh, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and my goodness, I can't do that, and, uh, and I complain about it. And I don't complain publicly. You probably never heard me complain much, but my wife gets an earful, <laughs> and uh, so does God. So, you know, that's something I got to work on. Galatians 5, for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love the neighbor as thyself, but if ye bite and devour one another... Take heed that ye be not consumed one in another. I say then, walk in the Spirit, 
and you shall not fulfill the lust of their flesh. As we bite and devour one another, we're consuming one another. We're destroying one another. He says, don't do that. Walk in the Spirit. Ephesians 4. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it might minister grace unto the hearers. We're going to get to this in a minute, but this is my grace-o-meter. It's got the Holy Ghost thing going on there. Philippians 2, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a perverse and crooked nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Is that today? Are we in a crooked and perverse nation? He's saying here, you can be blameless and without rebuke. All you have to do is stop murmuring. Is that all I got to do to be perfect? My goodness, that's easy, or is it? Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. You know, James is talking to Jews, and these are Jews who have been raised up in the traditions of uh, their fathers in the Old Testament and everything. When he says, let your speech always be seasoned with uh, always with grace, seasoned with salt, the Old Testament, I only found this out about six months ago, that every sacrifice, the priests put a little pinch of salt on it, sprinkled some salt on it. It's in there. It's very obscure, but it's in the Old Testament. You're supposed to put a little pinch of salt on there. We are the salt of the world, right? Every time you speak with grace, season it with salt. Well, salt to the Jew, James is talking to the Jew, salt is sacrifice. Sacrifice salt. So we're sacrificing our speech so that we put it under the grace so that uh, it might be for edification. Hebrews 13, but him, by him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise, the salt of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips. If any man be among you seems to be religious and bridled not his tongue, he deceiveth his own heart. This man's religion is vain. Well, I go to church. You didn't bridle your tongue. Your religion is vain. James 1. Now we're into James. Wherefore, my brother, let every man be slow, swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. James 4. Speak not evil one in another. If you do, you become a judge of the law, and then you'll be judged. 1 Peter 2 says, For what glory is it if you be buffeted for your faults, and you should take it patiently? But if when you do well, you suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God, for even hereunto, you, hereunto ye were called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. No deceit in his mouth. First Peter 3.10 For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Okay, that's the conclusion of all the scriptures I'm going to read. There's many others. But 
With our words, we have the power to create, like God, life and death. We plant seeds that bring forth its fruit in due season. The measure of the rebellion in our heart is metered out through our tongue. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, Jesus said. The tongue is a danger because it's so easily accessed and used without impunity, or so it seems. Most of the time, secular people do not see our good works. You know, we, we, the right hand's not supposed to know what the left is. You do your good works so that you're not seen of men. So most of the time, they don't see us. But boy, they sure hear our tongue. And they see our social media posts, don't they? Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruit, the fruit of their lips. What fruit are we producing here, folks? We are not to judge the thoughts and intents of a person's heart, but Jesus is calling us to be fruit inspectors. Take care of what the world sees and hears of us. All right. So anyways, it's the Holy Ghost meter here, the, uh, the, uh, the graceometer. And, and uh, it's like a fuel tank, right? You get down here and... Uh, <coughs> And uh, that little light goes off in the sun thing. It's a warning, right? You better get gas or you're going to be on the side of the road. You know, a lot of times in our life when it gets down here, Holy Ghost sends up red flags. Hey, man, you probably shouldn't be saying that. You know, is that really edifying somebody? You know, you got that little meter going off over there, that little light. You know you need to pull over and get some gas. Uh, I, I'd give myself some benefit. I'm somewhere around about there maybe. Um, here, here's the thing in Colossians 2, 8, 9 beware lest any man spoil you through vain uh, through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men and after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ for in him, Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily John, John 3 says it a different way. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit to, uh, by measure unto him. It's talking about Jesus. So if Jesus was up here, and you know, his, his meter would go, it'd peg out. You know, he's got the fullness. Colossians and John says he has the fullness of the Spirit in him. All right? So I'm over here, and I need gas. And honey, we, we, we do need gas. We've got to get some. Um, Ephesians 4 says, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the, the measure of the gift of Christ. When we're born again, we get the measure of the gift of Christ. It may not be much, but it's like anything else, you know. You work on that spiritual muscle, it'll get bigger. As you practice it, it gets bigger and it gets bigger. Okay, so you can, you can develop that, but it's only so far. Uh, we need that fullness of the Spirit working in us, that grace. And I want to encourage you to join me in speaking life and edification and to let the Holy Spirit take control of our tongues through grace... So as our fuel gauges are at the fullness of the Spirit. Now, Brother Ralph, you say, oh, yeah, you talk a lot, but how are you going to do that? Well, in Ephesians 4.29, I just read, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. You know, God, 
there's things God does and there's things we have to do. Then you know, there's a two-part thing. I have to refrain myself from speaking things that are not edifying, murmuring, complaining, uh, backbiting, uh, speaking false rumors and stuff. And then I have to allow God to come in and take control of my heart, my tongue. That's grace. Grace is a supernatural ability to uh, allow you to do that which God is calling you to do. It's a supernatural thing. So there's part me, part the Holy Spirit. Let your, grace, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. It's a good one. And so I will conclude with that by a quote from Matthew Henry, one of my favorite commentaries, commentators. He said, uh, No man can tame the tongue without divine grace and assistance. Pious and edifying language is a general, genu genuine product of a sanctified heart. And none who understand Christianity expect to hear curses, lies, boasting, and revelings from a true believer's mouth any more than they look for the fruit of uh, uh, look for fruit of one tree from another. Then, depending on divine grace, let us take heed to bless and curse not, and let us aim to cons be consistent in our words and actions. Oh yeah, I want to leave you with one parting thought. Uh, my digital my digital fingerprints on the internet. If you took can you tire some of all the words I've said in my life. Everything I've texted, everything I posted, every email, everything I did digitally, every browser I opened, I searched for this, I searched for that. You, you brought them all together. And let's say this is the tribulation, the Antichrist is out there killing Christians. If he gathered all that stuff, all that information, all that things I put on Facebook, Twitter, uh, and all the other social things, is there enough evidence in a court of law to convict me of being a Christian? Is there enough? Or is it all I ever spew out is hate and uh, backbiting and, and destruction? The Antichrist is going to say, man, he's not a Christian. You get to live. Think about it. Your fingerprints are all over the internet. What other secular people, when they run across your posts and everything, you say, I go to church, I'm a Christian. What, is, what, what are they seeing? You know, when we were renting our rooms in our house, we would, um, <clears throat> first thing Stephanie would do, well, first thing I would do, I sit them down and I talk to them. I give them the Holy Ghost scan and I'd be looking at them. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I see all those tats. I see the metal all over your face. And uh, yeah, you're a convicted felon. Okay, so I let the Holy Spirit speak to me. But Stephanie runs in the computer room and pulls up their Facebook page. And you got this Christian back there is going, you know, like this or whatever, how to do it. Yeah, well, anyways, big old pentagram behind him, you know, and these all, all kind of Satan posts and everything. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, I don't think you're going to stay with us. So a lot of people judge what you put out there. And if you say you're a Christian, well, maybe you, maybe you shouldn't. But anyways, that's me preaching. Okay, let's end in prayer. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, God Almighty, Lord. I just pray that my words were seasoned with salt and grace, Lord. I thank you for the hearers, Lord. The wise man puts them to his heart and, and learns from them, Lord. Let us be truly Christians by uh, bridling our tongue, as James talks about, and that's pure religion there, right? And we thank you, Lord God, for that power and that grace in our lives. And Lord, help us all to commit to watching our tongue. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a good week.